In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Well, I think this is going to be a good afternoon, Cleveland, because, boy, Jack, the uh, the bullets are flying. Uh, I think it's safe to say that the Browns may have been aware of some certain things that we're going to talk about, and certain players were aware of some certain things, because, man, that was a very quick back and forth uh, in Browns fandom, and, boy, we got a few things we're going to talk about. So, Jack and I are here. Uh, we're obviously, Paul's saving the world. We're trying to save Browns fandom over here. Jack, where, where do you want to start? So, hey, you've read the name of the podcast. It's what happens next at QB. And there's only one place you can start, and that's Baker Mayfield. He's the dude on the roster. We have to start there. He's requested a trade, and instantly, within less than a minute, they went, bitch, please, yo. And they said no. And that he is still getting traded. I, I would put it a... a no, over 90 I would put it a 90% chance he is getting traded this is about boosting that value what percent would you put on that he is traded versus the starting quarterback next year at this point I would say 60% traded 40% starting quarterback and here's why the Browns have leverage on Baker Mayfield as many people don't want to say it, Browns have leverage on Baker Lose. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield does not have leverage on the Browns. And here's why. Baker Mayfield had his fifth year of his contract exercise for $18 million. So if Baker really wants to stand on his laurels and say, I am not coming to play for that team, he does not get that $18 million. And the Browns still have his contract. So to Jack's point, by Baker publicly demanding a trade, if the Browns come out and say, oh, yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll – We'll grant that request. Well, his value goes. I mean, that's odd. If, if you know he wants out, then the value goes down. I don't want, I know you're selling the car. I'm not going to give you what you want for it, type of thing. So the Browns may be playing a little chicken in the, you know, little chicken here and saying, hey, we'll see who blinks first because we're not going to trade you, but we'll listen to offers. You know, like I think the Seahawks, they just popped up as a team that would be interested. And I think Colts and Seahawks are really the only two. And I'm just going to tell you, Browns fans, we just went through the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. The next part of this conversation, we need to put a trigger warning on because there's going to be a whole whirlwind of emotions that's going to come through your ears, your mouths, your hearts, your guts, all of them, because it's going to get ugly quick. And I'm just going to tell you, to date, by the way, another reason that I think that Baker Mayfield, in fact, stays with Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, to this point in his career, has looks like he has earned 13 of the 32 million dollars do i have that right i'd be more than that he's to this point earned 13 guaranteed salary 11 million of it is a guaranteed salary all right so he's about 19 million i want to say no yeah either way baker maybe they made it what Baker Mayfield is doing his fifth year is basically dubbing his entire career earnings for the first four years. There's the leverage that the Browns have. You don't want to play. You don't get your money. So who blinks first? 
So he's earned 33 million so far. And this next year is worth 18.8. Isn't the deal that he signed 33 million? The deal's worth 32 so million. The 33 million was his rookie deal. Then you've got the 18 at point eight ah, on top of that. Okay. Gotcha. But so if Baker's gone, Seattle Colts, I still think it makes most sense to Seattle. They've got two picks at 40, 41. Give us probably 41 because they'll take the first one. And then your second next year, and we roll with it. Sets up nicely. Um, but what I want to touch on first, before we get into the bridge guys, because they can bridge it and then trade up for a quarterback next year. And when people say trade up for a quarterback, they're thinking pick one or two. There's been loads of great quarterbacks in not this year's draft, in that 7 to 12 range. Watson, Mahomes, Josh Allen. Rogers. Mac Jones was the best quarterback last year. He was not the first pick off the board. Um, so you can still get good quarterback play. And if you have above average quarterback play, you can win playoff games with a loaded roster and a rookie deal. So don't panic that, oh, we haven't got the first pick next year. We've got to tank for it. You don't need to tank for it. The Chiefs went to the playoffs and then drafted Patrick Mahomes the next year. This stuff is perfectly doable. Is there any quarterbacks out there that you would acquire that you think could be the long-term answer? Not ones you're going to do a one-year bridge with that you're going to trade for and potentially go with. I think there's one. Jameis Winston. No, it's Derek Carr. For me, if but, you... But Carr's a guy that's a trade though, right? He only no, has no, one I just said bring in. I'd bring in whether okay. it's trade, anything else. Any quarterback you could acquire this offseason and you genuinely, your mind isn't going, we're going to draft a quarterback next year. For me, there is one and that is Derek Carr. What would you have to give up for that? I think it's a first and the two seconds you've got for Baker Mayfield at a minimum, if not two firsts and a second. My question is, is how much, let's assume that, and this is obviously, we, we take Baker Mayfield in the second half of 2020 and Baker Mayfield in 2021. So we put, we put those as the outliers. If Baker Mayfield played to 85% of what he did in 2020, is he better than Derek Carr? I think he is. I think he's. I think the issue you've got with Baker is Baker's average might be pretty similar, but he is so inconsistent. Whereas it's not quite that way with Derek Carr. He's. If you've watched Raiders games, not as inconsistent as Baker. You're, and I don't think it's. I don't think the difference is all that much. I. I mean, you watch Carr miss some throws that you're just like, how did he miss that throw? I'll tell you, Jack, Carr, Carr to me feels like a lateral move, if I'm being honest. If I'm thinking of Mayfield and Carr, to me, it seems very yeah. lateral. If we're talking about some of the other guys that we have, we're going to kind of just touch on briefly. I think at this point now we're talking lateral step down, right? So I'm not going completely off the boat into the water, which is what some of these names are, but we're just kind of going from maybe the B deck to the C deck. Yeah, I think you're, how long on the A deck. You're talking like, 16th best quarterback with Mayfield. I think with Carr, you're probably 12th, but there's that top eight and then there's everyone else. It's not it's not a linear line where you're going player, the gap between player six um, and one is the same as six and 12. That is not the same. There, there is a shelf and there is a gap. So for me, he's just the only one. I don't want Carr because I wouldn't want to give up what he was. But if he, if they were both free agents, hey, I, I would probably go and sign Carr. 
if if you were to do a swap, if Vegas, you know, obviously Carr's got one year left, left, Baker's got one year left. If you were to tell Vegas, because you know, I know there's all those rumors about Josh McDaniels and Baker's, but I have the time. I think that's all nonsense. Yeah. What are you giving on top of Baker to send to the Vegas that would involve Carr? Is 13 a must-have? So for me, I would only do that if I'm not really giving up any additional assets. I think you have to give up 13, maybe, and something else. And that, for me, is why I'm out. If you were to tell me it was Baker and pick 99, I would do that. If If I were to give up our comp pick and Baker to Vegas for Carr, that's something I would consider. Outside of that, I don't even like giving up a second, honestly. I don't. I just, I'm not as high on Derek Carr. I really am not. He's just that guy that's like, okay, he's your perfect. He is above. You want to live. That is, that's that's purgatory for the NFL. Purgatory is the NFL is nine and eight or eight and eight or nine and nine or nine and seven and 10 and six. He gets you to the playoffs and you lose the game. That's what it is. And you know what? In a, in a good year, he'll miss the playoffs because he wasn't good enough. You know, he's the guy that in a 17-game season, you're like, all right, our floor is seven games, but our ceiling's 10 games. And every single season is in that purgatory hell where you're drafting, you know, 15 to 22. You maybe you'll once make the playoffs, and then you have to face the damn Bills of the Chiefs, and you get throttled 35 to 7, you know, and that's the end of it. So I, I'm not willing to make that sacrifice. The reason is, is think about it. Vegas made the playoffs with Carr. So let's just say we're going to make this the Paul Brown Raiders podcast. If Carr was as good as we're saying, where we're willing to give up first round picks for him, why would they want him to leave? Exactly. And they would say, we really believe in him. (laughs) Exactly. It it doesn't make sense. And that's where you as Browns fan have to look at it and say, you know, you didn't get Russell Wilson. You didn't get Aaron Rodgers. You didn't get, you know, the bell of the balls. You're going to have to figure something out because Jack, Let's move to tier two here. So we've just got the trade market. We'll get into free agency afterwards, the trade market. Um, I'm going to go through a few, and then you're going to put some out, and then we can talk about them in group. I think whatever you trade Baker for, you could then trade. Say you get two seconds for Baker. Other teams going to know you got two seconds for Baker. So San Fran is going to say, hey, give us those two first that you got from Seattle. We can have Jimmy G. Matt Ryan, if... Watson goes there, time of listening, Mike. Matt Ryan is not moving unless Watson goes there. And there's talks he retires. So that is just a pure one-year bridge. People look at it as some weird future. The dude's old, but they'd probably go, hey, we've got nothing to lose. You're desperate. You are the Cleveland Browns. We'll have at least one second, if not second and something else. Jordan Love, the name that you threw out there when everyone thought you were mad, and now it's the, the in thing. I'd say pick 99 is probably about fair value. And then a fifth rounder for Gardner Minshew. That for me is the, the entire quarterback trade market in the NFL. Those are the four names. And I think those are probably your most realistic four names. Jack and I were scanning the NFL. All right, guys. And I'm just going to tell you, if you scroll down the list, there's certain guys that you think, okay, let's, let's eliminate the zero percenters, right? So like, for example, Josh Allen to the bills, you have a 0% chance of getting Josh Allen. So if we're just even mentioning guys that are above a 0% and we, there's a little bit on, you know, like Tua could maybe the dolphins, if you gave them a bunch of stuff, there's still a lot of contract left there, but this is what we're talking about. We're talking about Tua. 
or the fact that Tennessee cannot move off of the Ryan Tannehill contract, right? There's no chance you're getting Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's as good as no. So now you're like, all right, well, that's the AFC. Now we're in the NFC and we're like, all right, well, how sexy is Daniel Jones? You know, they just brought in Tyrod Taylor. So that's a shin kicking contest. Just worthy of it. Like, are we going to run quarterback draws all day? And if Daniel Jones tackle himself possible, but like, these are the names I'm talking about. Kirk cousins just signed that thing. So Jack, I don't think he's moving based on that new thing. Jared Goff. Okay. Maybe you, the lions, I mean, they're going out and spending money on DJ shark and you know, Josh Reynolds. So it's not like Jared Goff's in. Yeah. David Blau. I mean, it's not like the lions are in some, you know, bell of the ball position, but like Baker, Jared Goff. Now we're moving to the NFC South and we know Brady, you ain't touching Ryan's the other guy, Carolina and the saints are at the same, you know, altar that we were when it comes to Deshaun Watson. And guess what guys, there's only four teams left and you ain't getting Stafford. You ain't getting Kyler Murray. Jimmy G was one of them. And what Geno Smith's in Seattle. So guess what? That's it. Daniel two, Jones. Two, two names you're missing there. Oh God. Who did I miss? Jared Goff. Sam Donald. <laughs> <sighs> well, no, I mentioned golf. I got good. And I'm telling you, Browns fans, this is what you're talking about. These are the names. So I get it. I think ultimately the Browns went into this saying, Baker, this is what we're planning on doing. I don't think it's as blunt as Jackson had said it was in our chat where it's like, hey, by the way, um, I'll marry you if the other person says no type of thing. I think the Browns sat there with Mayfield and said, listen, at the end of the day, you know, and we know we need better quarterback play. And at this point, the team has to do whatever it can to get better quarterback play. And we don't know who's available because at no point before the Browns had that conversation with Mayfield, would they have known what Deshaun Watson's legal situation was? And they probably wouldn't have known if Houston would even pick up the phone because to your point earlier about it, if you're Houston, you probably want Watson out of the NFC. The same reason that if the Browns want to trade, you don't want to trade him to Indy. Indy's three hours from you. You might play him. You don't want to do that. Boot him to the NFC, send him to Seattle, where he's as far away as ever, and you only got to play him once every four years. So not as starters, but would you be happy with these two dudes to come in and be part of a room? Jordan Love for pick 99 and say Minshew for a fifth or sixth. I, I would exercise both options for those guys. I'm not I'm sure you would need 99 for Jordan Love. Just based on everything yeah. out there right now, it seems like the league is like, eh, this guy may have run his course. Uh, but in terms of kicking the can on a four, former first rounder, I really don't have anything against it. I probably would start with maybe my first pick of the fourth round that day three. Um, Cause obviously we, they, we gave up our fifth round pick. Yeah, so we don't have the five. Yeah. So I'd probably look somewhere in there and that's just semantics. 99, one Oh five. I don't think I'd like beat the brow over, but I'd feel more comfortable giving up a day three pick yeah. for Jordan love. So next we move into the, the free agents. And I'm, I'm down to sort of four names here. All right, guys, take your tumps, your Rolaids, take all your stomach-churning medication because here it comes. My boy, this is the one I want. And the advantage of this group here is you've traded two seconds and you've you've cashed in two second-round picks. So rather than give up assets for a Jimmy G, where people are like, oh, give me Jimmy G over some of the names I'm going to give you. Well, you're talking about Jimmy G versus one of these names plus two second-round picks. And one of those second round picks could be essential for trading up for a quarterback next year. And if you don't want to miss out on a CJ Stroud because you had Jimmy G, and that is a legitimate thing. So we have my boy, Jameis Winston. And I might have gone through on the podcast for, had a good year last year um, before he went down. Three interceptions in seven games. And I think it was like 
14, 17 TDs. So the, the guy threw a few. Um, he is a of, competent NFL quarterback. He's a great That's what bridge. you say about him. He's, a, he's, an, he's an upside bridge. Um, then we've got Mariota, who hasn't thrown really a ball in two years, but everyone's in love with. Andy Dalton, or the man himself bringing back Nick Mullins. Well, now I'm going to give... I'm going to give people's time, uh, their Pepto-Bismol time to sink in because I think if we're ranking that, I think the order is pretty accurate. Nick Mullins, honestly, at that point, I'd rather have Case Keenum. If I'm being honest, I'd that, just rather That's the next Keenum. name. That's my wild card. Yeah. Keenum, because uh, he's on the roster. He is, and I'd have I'd take him over Mullins. Uh, Dalton's interesting. I would just tell you out here in Chicago, if you go watch Bears offense with Dalton and watch Bears offense with Fields, it moves a lot better with Dalton. So if you need a bridge to get to the 2023 and listen, the only two names right now that I think most people know from that 2023 draft class is CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama. My issue is Bryce Young is like smaller than me. That worries me a little bit. Some other names in the quarterback would be the kid out of South Carolina, Spencer Rattler, who's just his stock has fallen all over the place. Jake Hayner from Florida State, Jaron Hall from BYU. I mean, these are just guys that are just now falling. And so with- even next year, the quarterback crop, not all great. And we talked about not having the one or two pick. Well, if Bryce Hall and CJ Stroud are what they thought they are, you're not going to be able to get up that high anyways if you are if you have Jameis Winston. Because let's be honest, Jameis is probably going to win you eight, nine games. Yeah, but you can trade the picks to get up there. And look, if we add an additional second rounder next year through the Baker trade, we, add, we trade back to say pick 18 to 23 we'll add an extra second rounder next year we could be going in with a first rounder three second rounders future first you could easy package to move up to wherever you need to move up outside of basically one and two um but you can still win games with this loaded roster and james winston if we had james winston last year and he played the way he did in those seven games we make the playoffs and win the division that's not I mean, a get, slight thing. That is a, we win the division against Joe Burrows who ended up going to the Super Bowl. He's going to put some miles on the ball because he's going to throw it. I mean, now also, I don't know it, it, who would be, if off the top of your head, this is a, not a planet question. Can you tell me the best running back that Jameis Winston's ever played for? Like played with, I mean, Kamara, he had a very short amount of time, but like Jameis in Tampa never really had a running back, did he? Like, I'm curious if you actually gave Jameis Winston an offensive line in a running game, would you have him throw 73 times a game? And yes, that's an exaggeration. I, th- I think it's a fair question. Um, I mean, if you actually gave him the ability to not have to force the ball because you can kind of move the ball on the ground. I, and, and listen, of all these options, Carr, I'll, I can get on board with. If I got to sign somebody to, to package with Baker picks, I'll take the Winston. I don't really have any interest in Mariota. Winston and Dalton would be two my my two guys off the uh, free agent list. Love and Minshew are my trade guys. I guess if you gave up some day three pick for Jimmy G, which is not a realistic comp, I think my takeaway on Jimmy G is I'm gonna have to give up too much, which I think is your takeaway from Derek Carr. So that's that's pretty much it, right? I mean, yeah, if the market completely disappeared for Jimmy G, and then he ends up getting cut, I would go sign Jimmy G. I give him ten million as a free agent, or. F- and happily bring him in, but it has to be cut. I'm not giving up assets for Jimmy G. Um, so it's one way. Yeah. My, my dream scenario is that you trade Baker for two seconds. You bring in Jameis Winston as a free agent trade for Jordan love. And you say to those guys, go out and fight it. And then you can bring in Zappy as well, if you want. And you just throw them all in the room and just go, look, open, open season, go out and compete guys. 
And I think James Winston easily wins that job, but I'm happy to let three guys go and battle it. And then you're sat there going, well, we go into next year. And if you've seen something from Jordan Love or Zappy steps up, you can beat it out. If not, you can get rid of Jordan Love if he's not doing it. You keep maybe Jameis for another year because Jameis got you to the playoffs. And you go, hey, Jameis, the guy that you trade up to draft, you've got Zappy there as well. Hey, we'll give that 2023. And the, the rookie might sit for the whole year. Don't care. And then you go into the next year with the rookie Zappy potentially backing up. You then build yourself a succession plan. And I, I think that's easily doable if you have the balls to go out and trade Baker and go, I don't care what the fan base is going to bitch about. Jameis Winston gets us the best shot of going to the playoffs. Let's go for it. And people don't seem to understand that you're not tanking by doing that. For me, Jameis gives us the best shot. It might go terribly wrong. It was went terribly wrong with Baker. Let's just say that the we're gonna we're gonna do a little bait and switch here. Okay. We are now Colts fans. Okay. The Browns have told me told us that Baker Mayfield is not available. We're not trading within the AFC. Okay. Who's quarterbacking for the Colts next year? I, I, my gut is always it's saying, all the same options, right? It's, yeah, it's, for me, it's Jimmy G is going to the Colts. I just think that's so much for done. And, and you very my way, you very well may be correct. But at this point, the Browns fans have to understand that if there's a guy you want, like a Jimmy or a Jameis or whoever, the Colts, the minute the Browns tell them no, if that happens, they're going to go after the best available quarterback on the market. So as much as the Browns and Baker may want to play this game of chicken, the Browns may have to balk first because they know that the quarterback market is going to dry up very quick. And if there's really only one option, and we were talking about this a little bit in our chat, you can have three or four fallback options in terms of, all right, if A doesn't work, we can go B. And we're talking deep Podesta strategy, right? But at the end of the day, your fallback option might be, well, we just have to keep Baker. We may just have to. Or our one option is we need to just do whatever we can. We got to patch the hole in the boat before we go down. And I can see all of this playing out a hell of a lot sooner than later. That's for sure. Because the longer you wait, the harder it gets. I mean, Allen Robinson's off the board now going to the Rams, which you're just going to have to explain to me. Does that mean Beckham's not back or Beckham's coming in a very low dollars because he's out for most of the season with the ACL? I don't know. But the NFL is not going to stop and wait for the Browns. That's the first thing we know right off the damn bat. So the Browns need to figure out if they are going to commit to Baker without his consent, and I say that in a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek way, if the Browns are going to commit to Baker Mayfield as their starter, regardless of what he has to say about it, then you better damn well stand on that pedestal and hold your position. Because if you balk and you have to deal him, it is going to go to shit quick, and the entire 2022 season will be lost before the draft. It could all go wrong. Who knows? But the, we just wanted to give you the options because there's lots of people with the doom and gloom, and I get why there's doom and gloom, but there is still routes to success. 2022 is 100% not a write-off with this loaded roster. If you had Gardner Minshew last year, Gardner Minshew probably gets us to the playoffs. The, the roster was so good. The defense was playing lights out. Yeah, we need a few more wide receivers. We're fixing that. I think this this roster can go places. I, there was I a genuinely couple of games where 
Minshew came in and put up Minshew numbers for like what a game, but I believe shortly there and after it went to hell in a handbasket for old Gardner. So I, I, I would, I'm not sure I'm going to jump on the Duffin bandwagon of saying oh. that Gardner Minshew would have led us to the playoffs. <laughs> I think, I, I think I'd bet against you on that one, my brother. Hey, uh, give me Winston. That's all I want. I mean, stranger things have happened. TJ Yates was the starting quarterback in a playoff game. So I want Winston. And I want Jerry Hughes. Oh, yeah. And Julio well, Jones, I wouldn't mind. Well, it depends on what that number ends up being. But, yeah, listen, for agency still alive and well. I, I don't think the Baker thing is dead today. I really just don't. Um, obviously, if the Browns want to detackle Fletcher Cox, been released by the Eagles. Uh, so there's a name, I guess, if you're really going to go all in with whatever quarterback you get, you bring him in, you give him a try. But he, you're going to have to pay the hell out of him because he's not going to want to come to Cleveland. But still. Busy day in the NFL and the Browns, I will say, <laughs> I have never seen an NFL team come back that quick to deny a trade request by a player. I mean, shit, I didn't even get done reading Jake Trotter's tweet before Mary Kay had the response up. I mean, that was off the damn charts. It's beautiful. So, I, I'm just at this point, just going to tweet gifs of whatever I'm feeling, Jack, because this is my, this is what I'm doing at this point. Guys, sit back and enjoy it. Some people are taking this stuff far too seriously. We've got AB, we've got Depot, everything's going to be fine. After after the Watson said no, man, the Twitter space is dried up quick. <laughs> uh, and guys, just so you know, when Paul Brown gets back from touring Ukraine and uh, all that stuff and helping all the people he can, we will schedule a little Paul Brown podcast uh, space. And, you know, remember these guys are on England time, so it's not going to be some over the night, you know, 3 a.m. thing, 10 p.m. thing. It'll probably be midday. So maybe we do it over the weekend uh, so we can get some people in. We'd love to hear from you. So we'll get, we'll get that information out there when that's going to happen. So you can maybe set and give us 15 minutes of your time, come in, ask your questions. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll grab one of our, one of our friends of the shows and podcasters or whoever it is to jump in with us and we can have a little collective effort because sometimes the best thing to do as a Browns fan is put the most sane people you can in a room and just all give each other one giant hug yeah as always until next time go Browns go Browns